Howdy, everybody. Welcome to another edition of the Cowboys of the Osage podcast, coming to you from right over here at the Ben Johnson Cowboy Museum, located in historic downtown Pahuska, Oklahoma. As always, I got our co-host with us, Mr. Rodeo Historian himself, Jimbo Snively. Hey, Jimbo, what's going on today, and who do we got? Hey, Cody boy, it's just another great day in Osage, man. Uh, we've got a real special guest today. Um, he was a... Uh, He's a great friend of the museum. Uh, he's Ben Johnson's nephew. I'm talking about John Miller, or Johnny Joe Miller, as everybody <laughs> around Pahuska calls him. But he was a great roper in his own right. He was nine times national finalist in the team roping. He was two times world's champion team roper, 1970 and 1971. He won the average in the team roping in 1972, but he was also a great steer roper. He uh, finished runner-up to the world twice, 1972 and 1973. He won the Ben Johnson right here in Puska, a roping named after his granddad. And that same year, he won Cheyenne, which is another roping that his granddad had won more than once. So uh, we're just real proud of him and happy to have him with us. Welcome, John. Thanks, Jimbo. That's a pretty big build-up for old country kid. Well, you did a lot. (laughs) Living legend right here, Jimbo. Absolutely, He's been a hero of mine ever since I was uh, born, I guess. Oh, yeah. I remember waiting on the mail to get those rodeo news and couldn't wait to see how he was sitting in the team roping, you know, because that was kind of unheard of back then for uh, Oki to go out there with all those Californians and Arizonians and and, and lead and win the world, you at know. That, at that time. Yeah, that, at that time. That no, was unheard nobody of. Nobody knew it? where Pahusco, Oklahoma was. Right. <laughs> on the West Coast. Right. Oh, we had uh, we had a lot of fun leave, leaving here and going to California and meeting a whole new group of people and and uh, I was welcome out there as I was here so it was it was an easy transition for us right yeah so John when did you start learning to rope around here uh, I don't know I can remember as a very small kid we my dad had worked calves and. He'd always leave one or two of the little babies in the corral, and I'd get to rope the one or two babies when I was probably six or seven years old, or maybe younger. Probably always had a rope in your hand, dragging it around. Oh uh, yeah, my grandfather bought me a brought me a horse when I was three, and I would I remember I could get on that horse by putting my toes on his on his leg and crawling up like that, and I'd get on on the horse and I'd. Ride about two miles to see my girlfriend. I was three years old. <laughs> uh, Were you all living on there on the north end of the town then? No. Uh, when I was a little bitty kid, we lived out on the Blake Ranch between here and Bartlesville. Okay. Okay. Yeah. As far back as I could remember, you you were there on the north end. We we lived north of Pasco yeah. during my high school years, yeah. or what I or what I went to high school. <laughs> I wasn't there every day. Right, right. Well, you, it worked out okay. What's some of your early memories about the practice sessions around there with uh, your grandpa and your uncle Ben, and maybe some of the other greats that that were hanging out in the area at that time? I don't really remember much about my grandfather, other than he was a a big happy-go-lucky, kind of a loud guy to me. It's, he kind of scared me. Uh, I never did see him swing a rope. Uh, I 
I tried to pattern myself after my uncle as a roper, and because uh, he was the best horn roper I ever saw, and uh, his habits helped me. I had a little different way of going about it, but his basics really fixed me. What are some of those basics that he kind of well, kind of instilled in you right there at the beginning? Well, the the way you swing your rope in the target spot, and uh, don't be afraid to rope a big steer, ride a ride a big horse. Yes, sir. Cattle were big then, and you needed to have a pretty good sized mm-hmm. horse or one that take care of you. So uh, I remember watching him rope here at Pahuska, and he he roped quite a few years here and never missed a steer at the, at the Ben Johnson. That was when they had those big cattle. That's pretty big. You know, and usually he didn't have time to practice then, and he, he always had to borrow a horse, usually, and still he'd come here and make a good account of himself. He, one second one year. He would come here and rope, and he would get two or three days to right. rope with shoat, right. just enough to get sore. And and he uh, he did he did well himself. Right. Just. I was always impressed with that, you know, because... I know you, he hadn't been practicing or anything, you know, much. And, and like I said, you'd usually borrow a horse, and, and here you'd be. Yeah, the, uh, what John said is correct. As far as all the research I've done, they said he never missed a steer in the arena named after him. Really? I yes, did, sir. I did not know that, but I remember he just rope year after year and not, not miss. Yeah, I read that in some of the old programs, and then they kept it up all the way to the last time that he roped there. Right. Said he never missed a steer. <laughs> That's quite an accomplishment. John, what did they have back then as far as kids' rodeos or a place where a kid could rope? And uh, If a kid wanted to rope, he had to rope against the world's champions. There was no such thing as a kid's rodeo or junior rodeo. Or If he wanted to rope, you put your inch fees up and learn your lesson. <laughs> Had to get tough, or or, or, get or, or go work cattle on right. somebody's ranch. Right. Yeah. Yeah. What events did you did you start out doing? I wrote Entering. I wrote calves when I when I started. Uh, I wasn't very good at it. I just tried awfully hard. Uh, but when I went to college, I I did everything. I bulldogged. I rode broncs. Rode. Uh, only thing I didn't do was ride bulls. My heart was too close to the surface. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I don't blame you. Once they get too big to rope, you're supposed to eat them. Uh, yeah, that's our motto around here. Not ride them. Yeah, we have all kind of heck with these things here, John. So I'll just just bear with me, folks. Yeah, we're, right. we're bearing with you. We're bearing all with right. you. For sure. Well, so who are some of the people that you roped with as a kid? And I know you're a good friend of George Carter. And oh, George like and I ran ran around forever, and mm-hmm. uh, I had so many laughs with George and his dad. Yep. But the, when I was very young, the high part of my year would be when Uncle Ben showed up. Yep. We would go over to Schultz, and I get to work the shoots all day for them. Yep. And they would rope till they give out, and Schultz would say, "Go get on so and so, John," and I'd I'd go get on and chase until i gave out so that was and with those guys looking over your shoulder he didn't want to mess up you right wanted, you want right. to try to rope for it again right i'll bet when did you start tying steers down oh my i i don't know the year 
1960, I went to Phoenix to the rodeo. I just graduated from high school and went to the team tie there, team tie there with my brother Ben. And after that, I kind of, I, I headed to California and I decided that if I was going to play this game, I better get tough and, or tougher. And uh, that was quite an education when I got to California. I, I roped with all the, the best guys out there and wound up, I got a horse from Uncle Ben, wound up being one of the best head horses ever. So uh, the transformation was, was not easy, but it was pretty nice. Team tying. Yeah. My favorite, one of my well, favorite events. I know what it is. Jimbo knows what it is. There's a lot of people that team rope today. I'm going to have to say that never seen they've it. never even heard of it. So can you explain a, a typical team tie and run to us? Sure. Uh, team tie and run, you tie the header and healer both, tie their ropes to the saddle arm. You team rope the steer, head him, turn him back, let the healer heal him. The healer has to pull the steer down. And then the header should already be off his horse. When the steer turns up, you put a hobble string around his two back feet. That's team tying. What kind of knot do you tie on there? Square knot. Square knot. Some people can't tie a square knot, but I tie the square knot. Yes, sir. Uh, well, it doesn't take them long. Guys that know how to do it, you know. That, uh, there, there were guys that were faster than I was tying, but I always, I always had one of the best horses in the event that I entered. So, uh, you know, in a, in a great run in the team time would be a 10 or 11. And, uh, you know, like today they team rope steers in three and four. I, t- I team tied a steer in eight, five one time with an old buddy of mine. And I set the arena record, I think, at the national finals on the last steer. I think I tied a steer in nine, three. I had to be nine, eight to win the average. We were nine, three. That was... That was a pretty loud noise we got out of that Oklahoma City crowd. Oh, that I bet. Day. I bet. Yeah. I'm interested, John, how, how you caught up and you got out to California. Because they, they were way ahead of – we didn't have team roping here like they, they were, do now. They were years yeah. ahead of us. How did you catch up and get, get in the middle of them like as quick as you did? Or maybe it wasn't that quick, but you sure went all the way to the top. Uh, did, your, did steer I, roping around here help you out any? In a way, but in a way it set me back. Because the way the steer ropers approached heading a steer is totally detrimental to dally team roping a head steer. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, I has been known to be a little bit stubborn. So going to California and being stubborn and saying I'm going to do this, and I stuck with it. Yeah, I, I was lucky enough to get to go to college at Cal Poly. And I, I got to meet a bunch of great cowboys that wound up being world champions, came out of that school. And, uh, of course, I learned a lot from everybody I, I saw and everybody I roped with. When you team-tied a steer and you did the square knot, did they have to stay tied for a certain amount of time? No, no. The flagger had to be standing right there like you're tied if it's cat. legal when, he, when you drag it off. Not, and as in the calf rope, and he has to stay sure. tied, or the tripping, he has to stay tied for six seconds. Okay, so when you throw your hands up, it's a, runs the up. run's done. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Okay. 
When did they stop having the team tying at the finals? You remember the year? You know, somebody took, I, I don't know. And that's one thing I didn't keep track of. But they were still doing it when you quit. And oh, no, I think they quit before. I didn't, uh, I, I never was worried about how many times I went to the finals. Right. I worried about whether I made any money when sure. I went to the finals sure. or not. Right. And uh, that's, that's just me. The, the other stuff doesn't, doesn't right. mean much to me. Right. I wish I had more ego than I do, but yeah, yeah, that's me. Well, that's a good trait, though. Some people have too much. When do you remember they started uh, dallying instead of team tying? That probably was in mm, seventy-two or seventy-three, along in there. That's that's when Arizona started. They quit team tying and started everybody dallying. And then everybody in Texas, New Mexico, they, they started dialing. So I, I can't call a day, but it was mm -hmm. right along in there. It's a lot easier on the cattle, wasn't it? Yeah. Honestly, it, team time is like the tripping. If you got good cattle, good rain conditions, good horses, good ropers, you don't, you don't harm the cattle at all. Mm -hmm. It's just a way of, way of making it easier to work on the cattle. And that's what it is. What's different about the way y'all dallied then compared to the way dally team roping is now? Oh, there's three or four different things. Their, their training nowadays is so much better than what we had growing up. We had to learn by trial and error and watching other people. Nowadays, they've got schools, they've got uh, videos, and the expertise these guys Exude with their teaching ability now makes it a heck of a lot easier to pick up. Yeah, there's some little kids that can outrope a lot of grown men out there nowadays that okay. I've been seeing out. And I attribute that to the fact that their dads were ropers, and they start them, and they don't allow them to do anything wrong. So by the time they get seven or eight or ten, they don't know how to do anything wrong, and everything is right right on track. You guys got a kid out there in Arizona right now, uh, Chance Kelton's son, Catch <laughs> Kelton. You know, he's a man amongst boys, uh, one of the best he can, team ropers out there right now. He can rope with anybody, anywhere. And what is he, 12 or 13 years old? Seems like it. Yeah. And a good cowboy. He, he can go to the pasture and lead one in, too. Yeah. He's, he's a buckaroo. Yeah, he's had a rope in his hands ever since you can remember. And, uh, yeah. Boy, howdy. He really is something to see, Jimbo. <laughs> he really is something to see. So you were telling me earlier, you see that white stuff on the saddle horn there? That's cotton. Mm-hmm. That at the at Salinas Rodeo, when I first moved, went to California, they would not allow rubber on the saddle horn. And we were scoring those cattle thirty-five feet and the big fresh cattle, and I mean you're going real fast. And you rope one in Dally on the, on the cotton, that rope goes to running. So what we do, we would wrap our, wrap our saddle horns really, really loose with cotton. Then I used a, a grass rope, and everybody else was using nylon. Nylon will run on, on, the, on that cotton saddle horn. 
So uh, it's just things you pick up and pick, learn from the old timers and use, use the right things they, they do. How old were you in that picture that you and uh, Ace Berry were roping? I was 16. Roping at Salinas. I had been working here for $3 a day. I go out there and I work for, uh, I'm working for Phil Stadler. <clears throat> we're getting, wages went up. We were making five bucks a day. That was 1960. They took, it was TV'd. They took permits and entry fees were a hundred bucks, 125 or something like that. We won 1100 bucks a piece on that one steer. Wow. For an old Oki boy, that's lots of money. <laughs> <laughs> but y'all, I'll bet it was a good day that day. Yeah. Out there in, in California. Did you have any trouble when you first went out there getting a good healer? I mean, did, were you accepted? Nope. And no, because... You roped horns good enough. They, they wanted to rope with you, I guess. When I went out there, I moved in with Ace Berry and his dad. Okay. Okay. Virgil Berry was born in yeah. Bartlesville. Ace was born in Dewey. So they were out there in California working on Uncle Ben's ranch. So I go move in with them. I had a built-in healer, and he was a tough booger. Yeah, he was a good cowboy. At twelve years old, heck of a cowboy. Yeah, but won the average in bareback and and average in team rope. Right. Kind of he and I won the team rope, and yep. that night he won the bareback riding also. Well, oh, that was the same year. I didn't even realize so that. Same night. Or same night. Yeah. yeah. Huh. I'll be darned. Yeah. Don't see that very often. Well, I'm going to have to say, I don't know how many times it's happened since then. That same night, Phil Lyon won the calf roping and the bull riding. Bull riding. Huh. Must have been something in the water. Night, that, that'll, never happen. that'll never happen again. <laughs> no. That's an odd combination there. I don't think that'll ever happen again. Yeah. may not. Yeah. What all rodeos used to have big team ropings back then? Oh, my favorites were Phoenix, Salinas. Tucson, Yuma. Uh, those those were the Pecos, Prescott. Those were the those were the big ones. Those made our year, good or bad. So at, at that time, if we went to forty rodeos, that was a lot of rodeos. So uh, we needed to kind of tap them pretty good when we got to Phoenix. Phoenix was the first big one, and uh, of course, the Fourth of July we'd work. Prescott, Pecos, mm, and maybe we could put in maybe Greeley or Lander or something like that. Just, to, just a matter of however the committee set up their slack. So that was before they had it at Cheyenne, wasn't it? Mm -hmm. I mean, uh, yes. What year did they start the team up at Cheyenne? Do you remember? I believe it was in the 90s, Jimbo. Was it that late? Mm -hmm. okay. Late 90s or yeah. mid 90s before they even added team rope mm -hmm. to Cheyenne. So. Yeah. I'm they went a long I'm, way. I'm sure glad they did. It, oh, yeah. It, uh, it, it involves a whole lot more cowboys, mm -hmm. and it, it just creates a, Probably big, a, a bigger hubbub. I mean. Helps the steer open and everything Absolutely. else. Got a lot of team open sure. getting the steer open. You know. Sure. What do you remember about that time that you won Cheyenne, John? I, well, I was, I was up there practicing. And when it was all over, I was the winner, and then I just got scared as hell. <laughs> <laughs> That's what you done. How did I do that? Right, right. Yeah. Uh, you were traveling then, I think, with oh, Alan Keller. Oh, Alan. But that was a hoot, wasn't it? 
We'll talk about something else, okay? <laughs> <laughs> Some of those stories I can't tell. Right, right. Um, yeah, that's, that's I, pretty good. I remember when you won the, what was it like to win the Ben Johnston, a rope named after your granddad? Uh, it's one of those things when you, when it happened, I, I just had this, I could feel it all over. Yeah, I, I bet. My skin is... I, I remember it well. I was sitting out in the arena with George Carter, and, <laughs> and he may have had you in the cow cut. I don't know. Probably did. But you drew, your last steer was a hard-running steer. You've followed him quite a ways. And most guys would have, threw, would have took a bad throw, but but you followed him through some little ducks, and he was running hard, and you were down there past, probably past the bucket shoot. Past the bucket shoot. Yeah, and tied him in 20. Yep. Just made a heck of a run. And boy, George Carter, he really let it out. Uh, that's what I remember about that last steer. Yeah, that makes me cry right there. Yeah. Boy, howdy. Boy, and that grandstand did her up, too. I imagine. I can only imagine how loud it was there that day. Yep. Well, from a kid that couldn't ride his horse or catch a calf for years and years and years, that's quite a step. Yeah, it sure was. And I, what was impressed me was the run you made on that steer because he was trying to get away, and, and you could have, most guys sitting in the lead would have took a bad throw, got nervous, and, and took a quick throw. But you followed him out of several little ducks and, and, and made a heck of a run. Well, it was, it was, it was, I can't say it was a thrill. It was just an unbelievable, unbelievable moment. I'm sure it was. Had to be. I like it. it Makes my hair stand up thinking yeah, I know about it, Jimbo. I know it. I know it. Sound like that was just one of the best days a, it was. a guy could ever have. Yeah, it sure made a lot of people happy. And then about the next year, I think it was 73, he roped a big match rope. And oh, yeah. That was Cody fun. against James Allen. Didn't you rope 10 steers mm -hmm. apiece? Mm -hmm. it was, was that on a Friday night or Saturday yes, night? Friday night. Friday night before the Ben, John, the, ben Johnson uh, weekend, was wasn't a, it? A gambler from Texas was he he followed James around all the time, right? Probably and matched him against the world. He was open against opened anybody. Opened the world, world, and I, I, I was roping pretty good. Mm -hmm. And I told some of my backers, I said, I think we need to have some of that. Yeah. So we got ten thousand of it. Yeah. Yeah. I'll never forget that. It was night, night time. It was night. I, I don't know if this is cheating or not, but we roped the first steer. And, and, you know, at the match opens, everybody does their own thing. And everybody's sitting in the grandstand. I get, I just ride out at the arena, ride out to the trailer and uncinch my horse and sit down and I sit there. Everybody's out there. Things are going on. Finally, my, one of my buddies comes out and says, what's the matter? Nothing. Well, the roping's on. I said, I'm just letting them cook a little bit out there. So I got back on, and then from then on, it was kind of my night. I won't, I won't say I dominated, but it was a pretty good night for me. Yep. Sure was. That's a tough roper to beat, too. Yeah, he was roping good. Like I say, they were matching him. Them guys in Texas were matching him anybody in the world. Open you know, to the world. Open to the world. Johnny called him. He didn't get a lot to hate him. But that was a good day over here in Osage County, too. Yep. Yep. There used to be a lot of big money bet around. I remember one day at the Ben Johnson, there was a, another big Texan there with a lot of money, and it, it mud was so deep. 
And I was 22 or 23 on my first steer, and everything was mucked up. And I ride out, and this Texan said, uh, I'll bet any amount of money this guy here does not tie another steer under 20 all day. And uh, one of our local ranchers here said, Mr., get it in a big pile. I'm covering it. And you did? We got his money. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) They said your grandpa liked to gamble a little bit here and there. Uh, I heard that, yes. On just about anything that he could. And would and did. They said he carried a... uh, if they couldn't find anything else to gamble on, they had a guy that he carried around that would just run foot races for them with different folks. That wasn't an accident. No, sir. That was on purpose. <laughs> Slick Strayer was his name, and he could really, really run. <laughs> but see, they, they did things like that back in those days oh, yeah. and had fun doing it, too. Right, right. Well, there wasn't anything else to do. Well. Besides work. Yeah, or, yeah they did a lot of scrapping back then, those guys did. Did they? Oh, yeah. Yeah. They said he was quite the hunter, too. He loved to hunt coyotes. Yes, sir. He'd go buy a new car and pull out the back seat of his new car and load his greyhounds and it take to the pasture. Your dad loved to have the greyhounds, too, didn't he? Cody, I knew his dad real well. His dad and my dad carpooled back and forth to Phillips for years. 20-some years. Do what? 20-some years, wasn't it? yeah. So and, and once in a while I'd be stuck in Barsville for something and I'd ride back with him. They always had a pitch game. There used to be three of them, and whoever wasn't driving, of course he wasn't playing, but the other two always played pitch between Barsville and Puska. That was every day. The I, driver wasn't playing with them? Well, I don't think so. I hope not. <laughs> Sometimes they would. Be. <laughs> I've been in a lot of rodeo rigs in my life, and usually the driver was driver playing. The driver has to have a hand too, doesn't he? Oh, yeah. yeah. But I've got some good memories of uh, Johnny's dad, Marion. Oh. Been fishing with him. He used to go out to the lake fishing. Loved with him to fish. Something. Yeah. Loved yeah he, did. he loved to hunt, too. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. He's quite a guy. What about your brother, uh, Ben Miller? What a talented young man. Wow. I've heard a lot of great stories about him here <laughs> lately. We, uh, we lost him here about two and a half, three years ago. But when he was growing up, when he was 14 or 15, he could really, really rope. Uh, not just pretty good. At that time, Bobby Goodspeed, Barry Burke, Lee Bob Roberts, Bobby Brown, all those guys would come over here and rope. You, you know their names. Sure. Because you grew up around them. <laughs> he had no problem competing with those guys when he was 14 or 15. But as he got a little older, <laughs> other things interested him a little bit more. He liked to party and liked to liked the girls. I can't hold that against him. So, he very, very talented. He wound up working in the movies a lot. He, uh, he wrote scripts. In fact, we have a couple of scripts that he wrote. And uh, one of those, he was like my dad. He was not very educated, but one of very smart, naturally smart people. And talented. So. Yeah. Did he do any stunt work? Or was oh, he yeah. Did, yeah, a lot of stunt work. See that picture right there? <clears throat> That's him. It's not Uncle Ben. Yeah. Huh. <laughs> it says Ben Miller on the back of that picture. Yes. Yes. yes sir. It yeah. dang sure does. Yeah. Did I, uh did he do 
Now, I could be totally off base here because I don't know, but somebody just recently told me that he was one of the guys that jumped off the cliff in Butch Cassidy and the Sundance Kid. That's him. Everybody he, remembers that stunt. I, I said, uh, were you scared? He said, hell yes, I was scared. <laughs> <laughs> he and, it was he and Mike McGaha. And I says, they didn't do a retake on it. He says, they weren't going to get us to do it anyway. Well, they did. <laughs> so they got to take the first shot. That was about 60, 70 feet, maybe more. Yep. He didn't have to do it more than once? No, no. Okay. He wasn't going to do it he more than once. What's some of the other movies he might, some folks might have seen him do some stunt work in? Oh, he did uh, Will Penny, uh, John Wayne Deal. <sighs> you know, I Hollywood wasn't my deal. Yes, sir. I kind of steered away from that all I could. So, I, and I didn't pay much attention to. I knew they were down there. Those weren't my type of people. I'm sorry. Yes, sir. Well, you know, I'm not going to say anything bad about the Hollywood folks either. But <laughs> I was talking to some of the extras some people that I know that are in the movie here in Pahuska, and they said that they got a big speech, you know, they're not allowed to uh, look any of the main stars in the eye when they're walking by them or something, and I just thought, well, <laughs> first thing I would do is is this right here, right, right before they kicked me off, right, and uh, just to make sure they knew I was looking them in the eye. I worked right. out there for a while. I was, In fact, I worked in L.A. for about six months, and I very... Very smart bunch of people. They're very talented people. Just not my type of people. Yes, sir. So that's that's all I can say about them. No bad. Well, you did a little stunt work yourself, mm -hmm. didn't you? Mm-hmm. So uh, I know one of the most famous rodeo movies of all time. He was telling me he had some stunt work in it. It wasn't stunt. No, we were. They were shooting uh, Junior Bonner, was it? Yes, sir. Yep. At Prescott. I was up in the rodeo in the bulldog. So in the movie, I'm bulldogging a steer in Junior Bonner, Junior Bonner movie. <laughs> Prescott. Yeah. What do you think about that setup over there? In uh, you can, what makes it different than everywhere else? The history. Yes, sir. It's it's just got a mystique there that all the. All the old timers and everybody that you ever heard of has been there, and they want to win Prescott. It's a, it's just a, it's like Cheyenne, just not big Cheyenne. So, and, and the team roping, yeah, they both come from the same box. There's not a header box and a healer box, if unless I'm mistaken. Well, just depends on. For a while, they came. Uh, they all came from the same side. And uh, this bother you? No, don't bother me okay. at all. I'm, okay. I, I, want, I, want, I, was, I want to help you if I can, but yeah, if you don't need them, that's fine too, John. Anyway. You're coming they, through loud and they, clear. They started uh, header coming to one side and the healer from the other side. That, that's the way Pecos was for years and years and years. And Pecos had a big, long box and had a catwalk over the, over the roping box. It was, it was just... Wild Western. I always enjoyed going to Pecos and uh, Prescott just because of the history of both of the rodeos. Yes. Uh, 
I just got a really uh, a good feeling when I went to either one of those rodeos, Jimbo, traveling the, back in when I was roping a little bit. So. Right, right. That was a hot time of the year, but it was a fun time of the year. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. The 4th of July run. Last time we went, I think we went Pecos, Prescott, and then we went all the way to Belfouche, South Dakota from there. There was a way, there's three or four years we could work Prescott, Pecos, Greeley, Lander, at least four right there. John, what do you think about the money they wrote for now, like at the I finals? I think it's wonderful. I think it's marvelous. I yeah. just, I'm so proud that these guys get to rope. Guys and gals get to compete for this kind of money. You know, uh, if I made sixty or seventy thousand dollars in a year, going all year, that's a that was a big bunch. Mm-hmm. Now they yeah. they might win that on roping two steers. Right. There's a lot of life-changing ropings out there, just jackpot Absolutely, ropings. absolutely. And the, like I say, the, the instructions got better. The conditions have gotten immensely better. The horse, I won't say the horses have gotten better. A, probably a bigger percentage of the horses are better. And the guys, the guys and gals that rope now are just phenomenal. I mean, yeah. I can't get, how, get over how far they throw the rope, you know. Duck well, out of that box, and, and it seems like you're throwing it when thirty you start feet. This this tall, and are I told guess. that's what you're supposed to do. I know. You learn to do it. I know. I guess so. Yeah. Steer roping or team roping? Which one did you like doing better? I know you're a world champion tripping. in the team. Roping. I like the tripping, and I, I really enjoy the team time more because it's a little more athletic. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and you could be as fast as you wanted to be. And, you know, you could rope an 800-pound steer in a team time and, and get by pretty well. But you rope an 800-pound steer in a tripping, you're probably going to be overmatched. Well, you were runner-up the world twice in, yes, sir. in the, in the tripping. Yeah. I, I was second one year by 60 bucks and the next year by 120 bucks hmm. but the the first year was tuffy thompson was the champion and he was supposed to be the champion he yeah. was he was head and shoulders above all the rest of us as far as i was concerned yeah he was such a phenomenal athlete and roper yeah and then keller won it keller won it the, the next year yeah. and uh i guess I just couldn't beat him. He kept time stairs faster than me. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah. He had a good uh, he, little bay horse, you know, that worked he had, good. He had probably the best horse in the business at that time. Yeah, sure did. And he wrote better than he got credit for, you know. He was a way better cowboy than anybody he, wanted to get right, credit for Right, right, right. He was. And he was and a big old guy, had a lot of physical talent. Two steps of yeah. his were... And three three steps of yours probably too. Yep. Oh yeah. And he was like like Guy Allen and Roy Cooper. He was big enough when he got to a steer he didn't have to have his footwork perfect. He had long enough arms and legs. Mm-hmm. He never was out of shape time. Right. But little shorter guys, you better have your feet right and be in the, in the right position or you're not you're gonna mess your tie up. When you were team tying a bunch 
did you always head and do the tying? Uh, when the money was up, yes. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Do you and your uncle Ben ever enter anything together? Team tying. We entered Lenapaw. Uh, night, I don't know, but it was a dally rope, and he and I roped together. That was a long time ago. I don't. Do you guys remember when Lenapaw rodeo was going on? Oh, I remember. Well, I don't remember them having team roping. I can't oh, yeah, remember. They did. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, I remember Paul well. Your, uh, your Uncle Ben, John, did he ever tell you anything about the year he, 53, that he took off to uh, rodeo? Yeah. He, uh, he said it's going to be tough. He says you're not going to make any money, and uh, you're probably going to have a wore-out car and a worn-out horse. And I, 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 that's what happened. But I got to meet the most interesting people in the whole world. It was just, just a heck of an experience for me. I got to go places I'd, I'd only heard of, heard of people going to, and uh, Cheyenne and Pendleton and all. That's, that was a little old country boy's dream. What did you think about Pendleton up there? Love it. I love it for what they do. Uh, I have my opinion. I'll just keep my opinion about the rodeo. I love, I love what they do. I don't, yeah. It's the most enjoyable rodeo to watch to yeah. this day, Jimbo. It's, it's not the most enjoyable one to compete at, though. Well, it's really something else to compete mm-hmm. there. Yeah. It really is. Yeah. Did and they I, have team open at Calgary? No. No, I didn't think they did. No. So you never got to go to Calgary. They still don't to this day, do they? Or do I they? don't know. I'm I don't not think sure. So. I don't think they've ever added it. Wonder why they've been slow to have a team rope. Well, with as many tough team ropers as they have there in Canada now, I look for it to happen pretty quickly. Because I mean, there's a lot of really, really tough team ropers up there. Like I, I used to. Well, forty years ago, I would go up there and put on schools in Edmonton and. And uh, they were really just starting at that time. And uh, they, they progress so quickly because they, they have a determination, those Canadians do. They have a mindset that, by gosh, we're going to do it. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. The pro-celebrity rodeos. Oh, yeah. Your uncle used to put on. And I know you probably had a lot to do with them yourself. Wow. The team ropings and the cuttings and some stuff like that. What, 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 how much they gave to kids are just unbelievable. Uh, how they did it, how the people they would get to come, all the movie stars and the sports stars and, I mean, and big businessmen. They, they just love to help. It was, uh, I was, we were at, Houston, I don't, I can't remember what year it was, but the kids, there was 200 terminally ill cancer kids we were raising money for. They wanted to go to Colorado. We sent, we sent them. It was. 
Well, that's the right thing to do. Yeah, that's great. It's the best. <clears throat> they said that uh, Ben was a great philanthropist. Mm -hmm. Really yeah. enjoyed helping kids. Oh, he did. What he, would Ben think about this museum, you think? He'd think it was great. Would he? Yeah. He, he, he would think it was uh, over the top for him. Yeah, yeah. yeah. He deserved it. Yeah. Well, he's all our heroes around here. Right. So did uh, he ever tell you any good rodeo stories from back in his rodeo days? Oh, yeah. That you won't get in trouble for telling today? No. This, this. What was his favorite rodeo to go rope at? I think he liked Cheyenne and Pendleton. He set the record at Pendleton in like 52 or 3, tidy calf in 12. Well, you uh, you probably got the picture of yeah, it. Yeah, we got it. It's a real small world because he was riding Jimbo's. Jay's, Jay's Jack, or Jim's Jack. horse? Yeah, he's riding Jay's. Jay's horse. No, Jim's. Jim's horse. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 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 Uh, he and Casey Tibbs were were uh, going from uh, from somewhere up in the northwest. They were going back to California. And, of course, they were driving overnight and... Casey drove kind of wild, I always heard. He rode fast. Yeah. He was a good driver, but he drove fast. And there was a cowboy got out ahead of him, and he was hitchhiking. And he had his suitcase on the wrong side of the road. And damn if old Casey Tibbs didn't run over this guy's suitcase. <laughs> just honoring, just honoring stuff like that. Oh. Uh, yeah. They, that was, those people were fun. It was, you can't imagine how fun it was to grow up and s meet the people you'd only just heard of. I bet. I bet. They were all characters. Too. Oh, yeah. The, I, was, I was lucky in that I went when I could. I couldn't make any money, but I got to meet friends that are still friends 50 years, 60 years later. What about John Wayne? Nice guy. Yeah. I tell people that he used to come back here to the bull sale and he'd stay with my mom and dad. Like, what? John Wayne? I said, yeah, him and Uncle Ben stay with my mom and dad. Yeah. <laughs> he was he, he wasn't common, but he, he was common. He was a nice guy. Just a good guy to be around. Yeah. Heck yeah. He's up for anything. Yes, sir. <laughs> yes, sir. I've heard a lot of stories about him and Ward Bond. But they used to get in some mischief once in a while. Yeah, I'm sure they did. I'm sure they did. What about uh, when Ben won the Academy Award? That was pretty awesome. Was that a good day? That was pretty awesome. Same Were year, you, did you win a world championship? I believe you're right. Yeah, well, that 71. Was, 71. That was such a good year for your family. Were you there? No. I, I don't know where I was, but anyway, my grandmother was with him. Of course, he had he never wore tucks or had. She had to sew up his pants legs so he wasn't stepping on him while he was going up to get his Oscar. <laughs> <laughs> that had to be a good day. Yes, yes. We've had good years, years and days. He was sure, uh, you know, he'd worked so hard, and that was just kind of a 
payoff, you know, for his all his hard work and all the movies he'd worked on, and he was glad to good to see him get recognized like that for sure. And it's I, well, I say this about him: he never did forget where he came from. No, no. Or the guy that he worked on the ranch with, he would call him by name every time he saw him. Yeah, yeah. We've all heard the story how Ben got in the good graces of John Ford when he stopped that wagon. Mm-hmm. And we all hear it second or third hand. You might have heard it firsthand. Do you remember how how that went down? Yeah, they were on a set one day, and they had a they were shooting a, a scene with a wagon load of people, and I think it's Fort, Fort Apache was the yeah, movie. Yeah, for I think. some reason they had the stars in it, which you you don't do that right. when you're making a run or something. Well, the team broke loose and ran off, and Uncle Ben happened to be sitting right there. He ran and caught him, and yeah, that was that was quite a day for him. That was that was fun. <laughs> and sure, that, that that was a eventful day for him too, because oh yeah, because he uh, John Ford was kind of uh, indebted to him after that. You know, or felt like you know he mm-hmm. he really helped him yes. jumpstart his career. I guess. Well, that that really helped him, but uh, you know. Years later, John Ford turned him the other way, too. Yeah, I know, and I heard he been told him to go to that, hell one time. I want people to know that, too. <laughs> right, right. Yeah, I've heard that. It all wasn't a one-way deal. Yeah. Were you around Harry Carey much? Oh, yes. Yeah. Yes. I've heard he was a nice guy. Not one of the nicest people you'll ever meet. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, I, it's a good story, good movie story. They were doing uh, Real Grand. And Harry Carey wasn't really a, too horsey. Right. I mean, he he liked horses. Mm-hmm. He was mm-hmm. comfortable around them. Well, in this movie, they have a scene where they Roman ride around this track. And Uncle Ben could do it. He was he's he's so athletic sure. and handy. I said, "Dobe, how'd you do that?" He says, "I still don't rem- I still don't know." He says, "I was so scared. I was scared to death." My knees were shaking, but Ben got me up on those horses, and we had a run. They made that circle of the run, Roman riding. It's one of the greatest stunts ever. Yeah. For sure, to yeah. this day. Yeah. I see little clips of it on the Internet all the time on, you know, the great Western, yeah. this and that. It's in, uh, really, it's, uh, it's one of the best stunts I've ever seen. It's awesome. There's <laughs> another one he did in, in Yellow Ribbon. Uh, the Indians are chasing him, and he's off by himself, and he comes to this big ravine and he jumps this ravine it was a real ravine it wasn't it wasn't just movie stuff <laughs> yeah it was like wasn't it like 30 something feet it was or? a long way i i don't know i won't i won't say but it was a long way was that your good horse i asked well, hell yes it was my good horse <laughs> <laughs> what about horses oh what's the what's the best horse you ever owned or rode Roping horse. His a horse that he bought off the track. He was a gray horse. Uh, broke a shoulder on the track, and he bought him. Took him to his place in, in California, and we rode him for about a year, year and a half. And he was, oh, he was tough. He ran away with me. Rare out of the box. I couldn't hold him. I was I was 15 years old. I weighed about 100 pounds. 
I couldn't, I couldn't hold him. And one day we put him in the barn. Next day I saddled him up. He was one of the three best head horses that ever lived. Just, and it wasn't what we did to him. He just decided just I'm going to be a good, good horse. horse. Yep. What was his name? His registered name was Stylish Boy. He was off the Rex Ellsworth Ranch in Arizona. He was by Flying Bob Jr. and out of a silver cord mare. He was almost a straight thoroughbred. Uh, just, a, just a nice horse. Yeah. In fact, you, I've got pictures of him. We headed, heeled on him, team tied on him. One thing I didn't do is rope cast on him. He didn't like to get back. When did you decide to stop competitive traveling rodeoing? Uh-huh. After I got married, I, my wife and I had been to the national finals and hacked it out for maybe a year. Maybe not that long. I quit rodeoing one day and started hanging sheetrock the next. That's how that's how bad I wanted to quit. <laughs> yeah, uh, we still had we still had two or three good horses, but my my top team tying horse died that year, and her top NFR barrel horse died that year. So we were we were going to go back unmounted if we. Mm -hmm. Kept trying mm -hmm. the rodeo. Right. Just a good time to quit. Just good timing, yeah. I guess. Mm -hmm. It's hard trying to rodeo when you're plumb a foot, too, Jimbo. Well, I imagine it is. He could have got on the best ones available, though. Uh, that was, that's, yeah. You still have quite a bit to do with some of the big rodeos, don't you, John? Oh, yeah. What? Yeah, I, one of the bright spots of my year is going to California. Mm -hmm. They had the Clovis Rodeo. And when, early in my life, we lived in California, and I lived at Clovis or when I was five, six years old to about seven or eight years old. Anyway, I go out there, and I get the cattle ready for the rodeo. I sort the cattle for the John W. Jones bulldogging and cut down. I just set the cattle up for them, and that's kind of one of my really makes me feel good that they allow me to do it. I'll just say that. So you're over all the cattle over there? No, just just the John W. and the and the and the team roping cattle at the rodeo. Yeah. Do you still go to Salinas every year to the rodeo? I try to. Yeah, I uh, I go up there and rope in the gold card roping now, and we we all have our motor homes. We all get together and cook every evening and sing and tell stories and drink a little whiskey along with it. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Boy, howdy. Uh, horsepower sure changed yes. recently, hasn't it? Yes. And the, the cost of horses. They're finally, a horse is finally bringing what he's worth. I always thought a horse should cost as much as your rig, you know. Why not? Really. If, uh, I, I figured there for about 10 years, I trained a lot of horses, put a lot of guys, uh, mounted them in 
rodeos. I figured I probably made about a dollar an hour training training the horses. Probably. And that's not being facetious. Right. Because it takes years to get one ready, not days, as you know. Right. Well, you still, uh, you've got a beautiful arena. I see it on Facebook, you know, there at the house. You still fool the horses every oh, day when you're home? Or? Yes. Yeah. We have, I have still have my friends come over and we rope and, and tell stories. And I have a place with it right in a big valley that oh, it's beautiful. all around it. And, uh, and uh, I teach a lot of kids. I teach a lot of lessons. I a lot of kids, and I get a lot of problem horses now, which sometimes, I, this is the way I approach that part of it. I, a guy, I, I says, yeah, I'll take your horse. I'll fix your horse for you. But after I fix your horse, I'm going to fix you because this horse didn't learn those bad habits by himself. And if the person goes for it, I'll take his horse. If he doesn't, I don't take his horse. Yeah. That's maybe that's getting old and stubborn on my part. I don't know. Well, I jump on something like that. Yeah, help me with all my problems right, that right. I was having roping on top of my roping right. horse. I wouldn't be. I wouldn't fight it with you. <laughs> no, not to hang out with a world champion team roper. That's right. One of the best ever lived. Right. Well, thank you for that. That's yes, sir. He's reckon really recognized as maybe one of the best horn ropers of all time. I mean, you know, that's, I'm not just saying it because we're. No, sitting here, but no, Everett Shaw was the best. Horn well, I said one of them. You know. Everett, I don't. They they can argue with me forever. Everett was the best horn roper I ever saw. He didn't miss very often, did he? No. You know, I've seen lots and lots of pictures of you roping, and the uh, the curl you have coming around in almost every picture it looks like you just roped horns very very sharp and very very what ropers would call you know pretty you know really come around and uh and snap that rope is what it looks like in most of those pictures i'm i'm a lot different from the other people they all the guys now are power ropers they come power i'm i'm a rhythm roper and i that's that's the only way i i know how to rope so Good like, or bad, that's it. That's oh, me. He was, he was smooth, Cody. I mean, in that steer open, he was smooth. He always got a throw and it hardly ever missed and very smooth. What's that uh, line from My Heroes Have Always Been Cowboys that your your uncle said when he was teaching the, the city kid how to rope, you know? Um, Maybe I missed that. Roping's like dancing. Oh, yeah. Once you get out of rhythm, you never get it back or something like that. Uh, that's that's I, I didn't hear that, but he's oh right. yeah, roping's like dancing is what he said in the movie when he's teaching the city boy how to rope. So, and that's kind of what John just said too. Right, right, absolutely. Well, he was smooth. He sure was. <laughs> well, it looked like it was just what you said, Jimbo. One of the best horn ropers there are. Yep. Well, that's that's a big compliment. Now, thank you. I would like I would have liked to see your rope in your day. I always, uh, you know, who sticks out in my mind is one of the great horn ropers, uh, J.D. Yates. Well, he ropes horns really nice, or anything he throws a rope at. But he ropes very well. But I, I really enjoy watching him rope horns <laughs> yeah. because, uh, yeah, I, you don't see him miss very often. The things things change a whole lot. 
styles change, but the way that they've got the setup, you have to you have to be fast, you have to be strong. So my way of roping is had its day. Yeah, it did. It's gone. <laughs> <laughs> I bet you could have learned to adapt the other way too if you'd had to today. You're 18 years old. I bet you could figure uh, out a way to beat it. I would try, yeah. He yeah. probably still gets his fair share but of money today right out of him. I, I doubt there's anybody living that ever threw as many loops as I did. Yeah. Maybe Jake Barnes. He he ropes continually, ropes a dummy continually. Yeah. Quite a, quite a cowboy. Yeah. yeah. You told me you gave a rope. To the Cowboy Hall of Fame one time in in uh, the the Pro Rodeo Hall of Fame in Colorado I Springs. I told you that. Yes, sir, you did. It just stuck in my mind. I was that, bragging. No, you told me you gave him a rope that. Yeah, I did. That you never missed a steer with that rope. That's right. How many steers you run with that rope? It's a, one of those old nylons, and it's damn near wore out. You know, uh, his uncle Joe said he only used one or two ropes his whole career. Yeah, you got a good nylon, you know, because they didn't all feel good, you know. Back then, they were about that big around, guys. Yeah. And they did not wear out, did they? No, no. Even if it finally get a little cut there around where it went around the horns or something, you just switch ends, you know, <laughs> tie your horn to another end, <laughs> go again. Oh. When do you remember them first starting using nylon picking strings? That's after you quit, though, wasn't it? You, I was going to say I don't know because okay, I was when I last calf I tied was one of those big old soft springs. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> uh, so when y'all were team tying, did you use the gr the big grass strings to tie the square knot? No, I used a I used a pretty stiff nylon string. It was about that big around, pretty stiff. So I saw a video of Dan Fisher and Trevor Brazil the that. other day. I saw that they were. Doing a, a square knot tie off, and Dan tied a square knot and threw dirt on Trevor before he, he got finished. finished. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Before well, he finished. See, the Danny knot. Was, Danny's old enough to have been during that era. Yeah. Yeah. Back when you were team roping all the time, John, it's a little different than it is now. Back then, there wasn't a champion header and a champion healer, was there? No. Nope. There was just a champion team roper. Yes. I, I don't know when they went both ends, but uh, you know we didn't we didn't win that much money going to the rodeos. I think I won twelve or thirteen thousand dollars. We had jackpots that we could go to, and until they started barring us at the jackpots, you know, if I didn't win sixty or seventy thousand dollars a year back in the sixties, that was a lot of money in the sixties. Sixty or seventy thousand, and I, the rodeos were just kind of. You'd go to them if you could, but you didn't miss the jackpots. That's the way it is in the steer roping too. Growing up, I remember one time, boy, it'd been a long year for my dad, and uh, San Angelo was coming around, and you know the fees for those things. I don't know seven fifty or eight hundred back then, and. Uh, it's the only time I ever heard my mom, you know, kind of get on to my dad about going to rodeo. And he said, well, I'll see you when I get home from San Angelo's, last word he said. And I'll be darned if uh, he didn't go down there and win that big roping. And she never said another word to him since, you know. Good for him. 
since that God day. Bless you. Yeah. <laughs> oh. But uh, yeah. that was always just uh, something I remember from growing up, for sure. San Angelo, did you ever get a rope there? At that I big jackpot? there once. Uh, oh, one of my funny stories there. I go. I'd heard about San Angelo forever, and I had a good horse, and I was getting along pretty well. So I get to I get to enter. They sent me an invitation. I go down there, and I'm about the third guy in the Calcutta. I bring twelve hundred dollars in the Calcutta. I'm, I'm big chested. About two times two people later, Sonny Davis, he brings $2,400 per go-round. <laughs> they used to have a big one down. Oh, it's still pretty big. but It was a huge one back then. I mean, all the gamblers were there, and they, you know, you could get about any kind of bet you wanted to make back then. You know, I remember people uh, at that particular roping, you know, they were betting on it pretty big, Jimbo, and they tried to scare people's horses from the fence and all kind of stuff. <laughs> stuff that wouldn't fly anywhere else, but right, it, right. Uh, it did in San Angelo because there's a that's lot of money. Tex- that's Texas now, dang it. Mm-hmm. Yeah, yeah, that's how, they, that's how they do down there in Texas. You mentioned Sonny Davis. Always people, whenever we get somebody in here that roped into that era, I always ask them about Sonny Davis. He's one of my heroes. What a phenomenal athlete. athlete. Yeah. My goodness. Yeah. He just... Uh, well, as you know, he was the first guy, first steer tripper that ever started running his string, tying a steer fast. Mm-hmm. His, right, right. He'd get, get one down, and he would make that, that string yeah. sing. Well, he could handle those yes, legs, too, yeah. couldn't he? So him and Tuffy Thompson, I tried to pattern myself after those two guys yep. with my string. Yep. Of course, I wasn't as big and tall and long-legged right. as either one of those. And, but, you know, that was... Yeah. When I was a kid, that was must... You had to stay and watch Sonny Rope. You had to watch him. Usually the first go-around here at Pahuska, he would do a phenomenal run. Yeah, I, right. I, I don't know why, but... Yeah. I did not miss watching no, him when I was no, a kid. No, he was something. Always wondered what he could tie the steers in today. I'm the I'm the wrong one to tell, ask that. <laughs> yeah, he could time as fast as he wanted to time. Right, right. <laughs> uh, yeah. Boy, howdy. What do you think about Trevor Brazil these days? I've never seen anybody as as good physically or mentally as him. Ever. He can rope, he can ride, he's smart about his horse, he's smart about cattle, he's smart about the way he enters. Just going to the rodeos is, is just part of it. As you know, if you don't enter the rodeos right, you're probably not going to win much. Yeah. So he knows. Uh, he's a smart, smart guy and a, and a good person. Yeah. Yeah, I've known him ever since we were kids and... I tell you what, he was a different he was a different cat even when we were kids. He was a serious, serious little fella when it come to roping the dummy or anything he was doing, for sure. Did you know him when he had his little Shetland? Uh, well, he, he had a little Shetland. He was probably 13 or 14 years old. And he was, I mean, he'd rope and he meant it. It wasn't just playing. He meant it then. 
Well, I remember when we were kids, he was uh, heads and tails above all the rest of us kids. So, I mean, he was the he was the top kid between uh, like us and the Fisher Boys and some of those kids that all came up together. Understood. Well, Jimbo, you got anything else for John? Well, just want to thank him for coming in. Uh, we've been wanting to talk to him for a long time. Um, Cody, I remember. 40 years ago, probably 1979, 1980 maybe, I went to Las Vegas and uh, stayed at the Sahara, which isn't even there anymore, and was uh, playing blackjack, and the guy I was with was playing blackjack, and we got to know the dealer a little bit, enough that he started talking to us, you know. He said, uh, where are you boys from? And this nut that I was with said, Pahuska. Didn't say Pusco, Oklahoma, and I just said Pusco, and I thought that dealer was going to say, oh, who in the heck's Pusco? But you know what he said? He looked at me and said, you know Johnny Joe Miller? <laughs> <laughs> I thought, boy, that guy, uh, he, he's world famous. Uh, but that's what he said, and all we had to do was say Pusco. So he's good. been making Pusco proud for a long time. Well, good. I hope so. And it was Ken Lumens who it was it turned out to be. I'll be there. Yeah. Yeah, a long-time friend of mine. Yep. We lost him. Really? Back. Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's a small world out there, isn't it? It sure is. It really is. It really is. There was a guy in the museum today, right after you left, walked in. He was asking about your brother. Really? Of all things. Uh, Barry Corbin, the old actor fella. Barry went with us on a lot of those uh, fundraisers. Yeah. And- then he was asking yeah. about you also. Well, thank you. So yeah, a, that's good. That's very small world. I'm out glad, there. glad to see those those people remember. Well, John, you've kind of been everywhere, done everything, seen everything. You've done business with every kind of person imaginable. Yes, I have. From the Poor is just working cowboys to the rich and famous. Well, I've punched cows from Oklahoma to California, from Montana to, to Mexico. I've, I've been on so many ranches. That's, that's fun for me, meeting those people. And right. Seeing their horses. and Yeah. Part of my education. I'll, I'm still learning. <laughs> what do you think? Why do you think so many great cowboys came from this one area right here? In every single discipline of uh They're poor. Yeah. They don't have any money. How how are you gonna make any money here in Pahuska? But get tough and get out. Yes, sir. If you don't have one of these big ranches around here. Yeah. Is either oil field or oil field or the cattle. Yeah. Yep. And and what a great, great place to grow up. You can hunt and fish and ride and rope. And you think it's because of people like your grandpa. There's so many just great cowboys that kind of came to this area, and then everyone would see them and, and say, hey, that's what I want to be as a great well, roper, and see, then that's what I want to be as a steer roper. And For years and years, they, they shipped cattle in here to, to graze on, the, on this Osage, and all the, all the ranchers, they want... They want the best cowboys come take care of their cattle. So this that's why all the good cowboys were here. They 
they didn't make much money playing cowboy, but when they got to where they could rope and, and leave, then they could make a little money. John, what kind of advice do you got for these young folks coming up these days? Just on anything in general, you can give us some advice on uh, roping. You can give us some life advice, just anything you would. Because uh, you've, you've been there. You've my, done it all. My best advice is just be true to yourself and, and take care of yourself. Uh, and if you want to rope, buy gully rope. And don't just rope a little bit. You got to rope till your hands wear out. You want to ride? Go find the guys with the best horses and ride those horses. Go find the best teacher. If whether you're going to drive cars or you're going to be a carpenter, you better go study under the best if you want to be the best. Well, I want to thank you for coming in today, and thank you for your advice on everything. Well, thank you. That's, it's been fun. It's uh, brought back a lot of really good memories. I feel like we could sit here and talk to him for another hour or two. That's fine with me. I I enjoy it. I feel like we could honestly sit here and talk to him for another hour. We'll probably have to Zoom call him in here real soon on something. We had uh, one 1970, 71 Labor Day. I mean, it was hot everywhere in the West. We We worked Williams. Rifle, Colorado, Bishop, California, Lancaster, California, and had our horses at every one but one. That's in August, in the in the hottest part of the United States, we had our horses at every one. We took a plane ride from Williams to Rifle, from Rifle to Bishop. That's all. That's all. All we flew. What kind of car were you driving? Oh, I drove a I drove a Grand Prix. I had a Grand Prix with a. That's how I pulled my my horse. Mm-hmm. I didn't drive a pickup. I wanted a sporty little rig. <laughs> <laughs> there wasn't a lot of pickups back then. I mean, you know, more people drove cars. Everybody, today. Yeah, everybody drove uh, sedans, big four door sedans. Yep. But uh, at at that, they were just learning to get the. Transmission coolers on all the trucks and the vehicles, and and we wouldn't burn cars up. You know, it's a bad about yeah. about the time that's. Would you have an inline on the back of it? I had one for quite a while, uh, and I got a motorhome and put that inline behind it. That was fun. Back it up <laughs> was, was was an experience. I know someone that can back an inline around a corner and straighten it back out and park it. Ralph Williams. I'm sure he can. He's had one since they started. Yeah. I think he's one of the first guys in this country to have one. <laughs> he's still pulling one. Probably the same one. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I saw him back one all the way around a, a, a horse barn at Douglas, Wyoming. With a camper on the back of his truck, he couldn't even see the inline. He just knew where it was. It was the, it was the, the one of the best things I've ever seen in my life. That, actually, that is an art right there. Yes, sir. It was. <laughs> it was one of the best things I've ever seen. Well, John, we sure appreciate you coming in. We appreciate your time, and uh, we appreciate all the championships you won. 
when you were here too. It's been fun. Yeah, it's, it's been sometimes it hasn't been easy, but <laughs> well, it's been great for us. We've really enjoyed it. Okay, are we done. Well, if anyone wants to f- learn any more about John Miller, all they got to do is come right over here to the Ben Johnson Cowboy Museum. He's got a big case in there. You can read all about his great career as a rodeo guy and uh, learn about everybody else from around here, too. And uh, we just thank you, and we're real proud of you, John. It's, it's, it's fun. I appreciate it, guys. All right. We'll see everybody next week.